good morning to each of you and greetings in Jesus' name. Just a little, little humorous thing. This week, a fly flew past my nose and I swatted at it and broke my glasses right in half. And this is the only pair of glasses that I have. And one piece was still on my ear and the other piece flew to the floor. And Paula, she giggled at me. And I said, honey, it's not funny. I need my glasses to work, to read, to, to preach. And, and I said, what am I going to do this coming Sunday? Anyway, thankfully I was able to get a hold of someone that was able to rectify my serious problem. He was able to fix them. And, and so I'm just thankful for small things in life. Um, yeah, I was concerned. But yet, you know, it was a small thing. It was a small thing. And this morning I was blessed with the song that James read, or, or sang, led, and that was number 360, because you all know me, I am just, I can't be anybody else. I'm just shoe, shoe leather Davy, who I guess. But that song really spoke to me. Number 360, it says, God of grace and God of glory, on thy people pour thy power. Crown that ancient church's story, bring her bud to glorious flower. Cure thy children's warring madness. Bend our pride to thy control. Shame our wanton selfish gladness, rich in things and poor in soul. Set our feet on lofty places. Gird our lives that they may be armored with all Christ-like graces in the fight to set men free. And that's why we are here today. And the last of that says, Grant us wisdom, grant us courage. Serving thee to whom we adore. Thank you for, for that song. A couple of years ago, Renee shared with us that she wanted to become a Christian. And that was a blessing. And yet, I wasn't sure that she was quite ready. And so I was waiting for her to share something in particular. And I said, honey, I said, just be open to God's spirit. Just continue to pray that God will lead you, will call you, continue calling you. Because you, by seeking this, have begun a spiritual journey. And for all of us, that is where we are. Not at that maybe beginning point, but for all of us, we are on that spiritual journey. And I shared a message a number of months ago titled, We Journey Together. And in that journey, I spoke of, in, in that message, I spoke about my journey and that God is still working on me, and I'm so thankful for that. And so this morning's message is not that message, but it is that we are continuing on in a spiritual journey. 
and we are experiencing rough, we do experience rough spots along the way. How many people have been disturbed over the last six months of what is happening, not only in this land, but in our churches and families? Yeah, absolutely. Me too. And that's why I say, you know what, I preach from experience of, of what I'm dealing with in my heart, my life. <clears throat> and so as we look around us, we, we live in a divided land. And we are influenced more than we can imagine. And the news media has all sorts of articles from racial injustice to the political climate, from the, from the economy to world crisis to climate change, and the list can go on and on and on. How many of you all read some of those articles? Absolutely. We kind of try to stay in touch with what is out there. And we also know that the viewpoints on many of these issues are from A to Z. And so my question for you and for myself is how do we as Christians navigate these troubled waters, these troubled times? How do we live in this world but not be of this world? How can we as Christians be separated unto God and still be a light to the world? but even maybe a closer home, how can we, even with various viewpoints and thoughts, build one another up in faith? And these questions, again, are aimed at me. And that's where, where it is for me because we all have our thoughts, we all have our viewpoints on many of these various subjects. Most times we're often very quick and willing to share at least I am. Maybe you're not. But sometimes, for myself, I don't think through the possible fallout of what influence my words have or your words have to someone else. And so we need to sanctify our words with the Word of God. And for me, I, that's been a process. I want you to turn with me, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And again, I want this sermon this morning to be a, to be a message of, of hope, of encouragement. And the title of the message this morning is, Let There Be No Divisions. And we can see in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 that there was some stuff going on there. Many, many, many years ago, there was stuff going on in the church and in people's lives. And yet, God, through inspiration, shared through the Apostle Paul to these people, but is preserved for us today as well. In 1 Corinthians 1, 1, it says, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother, unto the church of God which is at Corinth, to them, now listen to this, he is speaking to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. God, through this, through this brother, Paul, was speaking to them that are sanctified. 
And so that is who I'm preaching to, sharing with this morning. Those that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. And then he says, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul's greeting was an extended an extension of grace and peace to the saints meeting together. And then the Apostle Paul goes on to thank God for the many good things that they were experiencing in their knowledge of the Lord. Verse 4, it says, And I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which, was, which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything ye are enriched by him, in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I too thank God for the faithful saints that are gathered here this morning, and even those that may be listening on the phone or may listen to this message later, I thank God for the faithfulness of many that have accepted, that have begun their journey of faith, and that are striving to follow in that way. We come here to preach the gospel, to build one another up, to encourage, to correct, to admonish, but also just to fellowship one with another and worship a holy God. Verse 9 says, God is faithful by whom ye are called unto fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ. God is faithful. Look at that verse again. God is faithful, by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ. We are called through that only begotten Son. And what a privilege we have to be called of God, to be called one of his children to be a part of that family of God, the kingdom of God. You have a, a wonderful opportunity and yet a great responsibility. And in verse 10, it gets a little more maybe down to the nitty-gritty. Some of the need for correction, to get rid of some of the contention, and then come to Jesus. It says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the th same things. And Brother Jonathan shared this these verses in one of our meetings just recently. And you know, I'm blessed because God is calling us to follow, to follow Him. That we speak the same thing. That there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are the house of Chloe, that there are some contentions among you. And we all know troubles come. There's no question about it. If you have lived a life as a Christian and no trouble has come your way, please inform me how you did it. Please inform me how you are actually doing it. But troubles come and there's hardly any way around it. And the difficulties are not the dividing factors but oftentimes, it is my reaction to that difficulty. Oftentimes, it is our reaction to those difficulties that cause the divisions. 
song. Cure thy children's warring madness. Gird our lives to thy control. Shame our wanton selfish gladness, rich in things and poor in soul. That spoke so clearly to me. Verse 12 says, Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, I of Cephas, and I of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? So my question for you is, is Christ divided? We see so many people in this world. We see so many different practical applications. Is Christ divided? We personally, you personally, are part of the body of Christ. And we know those verses in 1 Corinthians 12. For as the body is one and hath many members, so glad for every one of the members that I have on this hand and this. And they all work together. But it's controlled by one mind. And if there were more control up here than one mind, it would be difficult to control the different aspects of the body. It says, for as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one, not for the body is not one member, but many. Now, I've read some articles about Siamese twins. And I enjoy reading and learning. And and there are some Siamese twins that are joined at the head. Their bodies are free, controlled by one mind. There are some Siamese twins that are joined at the body, two separate minds, controlling one body. How would that work? Now, I understand that it is because it has always been that way, that they learn to work that one body together. How would that work? And I think it would work of one submitting to the other, and then vice versa, one submitting to another. The Apostle Paul said, verse 14, I thank God that I baptized none of you, but Crispus and Gaius, lest any should say that I baptized in mine own name. And I baptized also the house of Stephanus besides, and I know not whether I baptized any other. And these words were shared by the apostle, sounded like to me as I read this, that he was glad that he had not baptized very many so that he wouldn't have added to the troubles that were going on. But then he went on to say in verse 17, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross 
is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. The power of the Word of God is unbelievable. The power of the Word of God, and I've shared this before, healed the sick. It caused the lame to walk and the dumb to speak. The Word of God caused the blind to see and the dead to rise again. The Word of God divides light from darkness. We see that in the very beginning. The Word of God created all things. So what can the Word of God do for you and me today? What can the Word of God do for my opinion, my thoughts today? What can the Word of God do for divisions and attitudes of how we practically apply some of these restrictions that we face? We need to recognize that the Word of God is powerful, and we need to let it we need to let it apply to my heart personally. And then we need to allow that also to be tempered with our brother's thoughts and opinions. And I share that for myself. Hebrews 4.12, we know. It says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Be wise in your own thoughts, in your own opinions. You need to come to Jesus. And I say that for myself. Verse 19 of 1 Corinthians says, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. The wisdom of this world is anti-God is anti-Christ. The wisdom of this world is is being fed not by Christian literature, but by the prince of this world. It says, For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, and it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. I'm so thankful that because someone shared the gospel with me that the wisdom of this world was replaced by the wisdom of God. And I'm so glad today that we can share the same message of truth and hope and that we can be of one mind, one faith, one baptism in the Lord Jesus. Even though we sometimes share differing opinions, let's put on Christ. It says, for the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them, and that means you, but unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. 
because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen. God chose the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and the base things of the world and the things which are despised God hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring not things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus who of God is made unto wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That according as it is written, as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. If we could see through the lens of Christ, if we would but look, look at one another, and the differing viewpoints from the lens of Christ and His Word, in building one another up and being crucifying our ourself, our opinion, our thoughts. If we would but look to Christ, we wouldn't view people as carnal or legalistic. We would see people committed to the cause committed to building one another up, committed to loving one another, not living in fear, not living in judgment, not living in condemnation, but seeking wisdom from God through His Word, through the eyes of faith, through being a new creature in Christ, seeking the good of others, seeking to be strong in our faith and practice. Turn with me, if you will. Ephesians chapter 6. The things that we see around us, we kind of see things in the physical aspect. But it says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Because what we're facing today, in my opinion, is verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. Have you placed your faith in Christ? Stand on that faith. Are you reading God's Word? Stand on God's Word. Are we loving our brother? Let's continue to love our brother. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, 
taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Let's read that again. Let's read that again. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Do you care about your brother? Do you care about your sister? Do you care about the church? People, it has burdened my heart that we are where we are in the different opinions. And yet I say to you, we care. Even amidst the differences of opinion, we care. And we want what is best for me spiritually, for you spiritually, and for our church. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open, open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein may I speak boldly as I ought to speak. How do we as Christians navigate these troubled waters? How do we live in a world but not be of the world? We focus on Christ. We pattern our life after Him. We love our brother as ourselves. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength, and thy neighbor as thyself. How do we do that? We can't do it of our own strength and power. It's not within us. We gain that strength and power through the shed blood of Christ, through that new creature that is created because of a change in life, because of that journey of faith, because of that new beginning. How can we be separated unto God and still be a light into the world? How can we build one another up in the most holy faith? We have to do it by the power of the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ by the Word of God, by submitting one to another and by showing love for one another. And for me, that's a job in itself for me personally. And I challenge each one of us, allow the power of the Word of God to work, that there be no divisions among us, that we love one another, we submit to one another, that we seek Christ first. God bless you.